You know, I often tell people that Jesus loves you, but I am his favorite. The reason I do that is because that's just the way God makes me feel. I mean, you know, I know God loves everybody, but he makes me feel like I'm his favorite because he knows everything about me and he loves me anyway. And and things just, God just keeps blessing. Well, you know, today's story in this episode of the podcast is of someone who I think, I think he's one of God's favorites too. <laughs> Stick around to find out why. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to My Take, Pastor Crespo here. My Take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I want to share a story with you of someone that I believe can probably say that uh, Jesus loves everybody, but I'm his favorite, (laughs) at least based on uh, a recent experience that he had. So this is a story that uh, I got from uh, United Press International. Listen to this. A French tourist, a French tourist makes a 7.6 carat discovery at the crater of diamonds. Let me let me tell you what this is about. A French tourist was making his first visit to the crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas when he found a 7 point, a 7 carat diamond in his search. Now, if that wasn't amazing enough, listen listen to what what happened here. Uh, Arkansas State Park said that Julian Navas, and I, I, I do have a picture of him here. Let me bring that up so you can kind of get a sense of, of who, this, who this guy is. Julian, this is Julian Navas of Paris. Now, he was visiting in the United States because he came to see the United Launch Alliance's Vulcan Centaur rocket launch at Cape Canaveral, Florida. And he came to because he wanted to see this rocket be launched off into space. But while he was here in Florida, he decided that he was going to take a trip to New Orleans with a friend of his. And while they were there in Louisiana, they, they learned about this Crater of Diamonds State Park, and they decided to go there to visit before he left the country. Now, if you've never heard of the Crater of Diamonds, and I have to be honest with you, I think, I think I've heard people mention this place, but I've never actually you know thought about it or focused on it until this news article came out. The Crater of Diamond State Park is just that. In Arkansas, there's this place, uh, this state park, where basically it lies on the site of a, volca- uh, a volcanic crater. And if you know anything about volcanoes, the, the soil where volcanoes are active tends to be very rich, and, and you find a lot of things there because of what's happening with the different minerals and the tremendous heat and the magma and, and all the things that have happened throughout the history of that of that volcano. Well, there in the state park, they have a 37-acre piece of land that is, is part of a volcanic crater where people actually, you can pay. You can pay money to go there and with hand tools, just dig around, mine around the dirt there to see what type of minerals that you can find. Now, there are all sorts of minerals. There are, and I'm not a mineral expert. I'm just going by what I was reading. But you have the amethyst garnets, their quartz uh, rocks there. But there are also diamonds in that crater as well. And so this gentleman, he went with his friend to Louisiana after visiting this rocket launch in Florida, decided to go and dig for diamonds. Now, uh, here's a quote from Mr. Navas or Navas. I, hopefully, I don't mean to say that improperly. He says, quote, I got to the park around 9 o'clock and started to dig. 
Uh, that is back-breaking work. So, so by the afternoon, I was mainly just looking on top of the ground for anything that stood out. Now, while he was doing that, he ended up picking up a very shiny stone. And upon further examination, they realized that this is a 7.46 carat brown diamond. Now, as you can imagine, this man is extremely happy about his find. As a matter of fact, uh, he named his diamond... He named his diamond Corinne, the Corinne diamond, after his fiance. I think I think I know what he's going to be doing with that diamond. By the way, now uh, just a little, some fun facts here. The creator of Diamond State Park is very well known uh, by many, and seven point four six carats is not necessarily a small diamond, but they have found I think the largest diamond. The largest diamond ever found at this state park by someone just digging around was over 40 carats. Now, I, I uh, don't know what a 40-carat diamond would, um, would be worth because whenever you're talking about diamonds, they're looking at the, the size, they're looking at the color, they're looking at the clarity of it to tell, you know, what it is, and, and they, that will tell you the value of it. But it, it was estimated that this, this, this little diamond that this man found— uh, was worth can be worth anywhere from forty thousand to five hundred thousand dollars. The guy, the man, Mister Navas, found what potentially maybe, although it might be pushing it at five hundred, but he may have found a half a million dollar diamond just a just on a side trip. Hey, you know I'm gonna go to America from Paris, France. We're gonna watch a giant rocket get shot off into space. You know what? While we're there, let's go to let's go to this park and just and and dig around for for whatever we find oh i just <laughs> i just paid for my trip and many of other trips with this one little detour uh, that that that's pretty amazing that's pretty amazing congratulations to you my friend uh julian navas of paris uh congratulations on such an amazing find i hope that uh, you and your diamond are very happy together Put the money to good use, although I wouldn't be surprised if that diamond ends up on your fiancé's uh, finger, I would imagine. Anyway, I was reading this story about this man finding this diamond. And, of course, if you are a Bible student, I you have to know exactly what Bible story I'm thinking about. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to do just that. With, with all the negativity out there, I, I, do, I like to have fun. I like to use this podcast to bring a little bit of encouragement and fun into your day. But but the point of this podcast is to introduce you through these stories to jump into something relevant in the Bible, either a Bible story, a Bible principle, or a Bible truth. Uh, this, this news article reminds me of a story, and it's a story that Jesus told. Now, I'm going to read, because it's not very long, I'm just going to read this story to you. It's just a couple of verses in the Bible, and actually it's not— it's not a story per se. I guess it is a story, but it's it's a parable. If you don't know what a parable is, it's a story that Jesus told that had a point. It was more the point of the story was actually more important than the story. But you had to hear the story, examine, study the story in order to actually get the point, which the point being more important than the actual story itself. So Jesus told a parable and we find it in Matthew chapter 13, for those of you who have a Bible, turn there. But if In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, 45, and 46, listen to what Jesus is saying. 
He says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, actually, those are two parables, but they're basically retelling the same message, right? Now, Jesus told this parable, and this news, this, 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 what's his name again? Julian, the Julian Navas. Julian Navas and his experience remind me of this story because it's somewhat similar. Jesus told the story, but again, he told the parable because he was trying to get them to get the point. Now, listen, if you go to church, if, you, if you've heard this story before, that's all well and good, but there's something that I don't hear too many people talking about when they're talking about this story, all right? When Jesus told this parable, he was not preaching to the multitudes. He was not preaching to a group of people that had come to listen to his messages from far off. The Bible tells us that when he told his parable, he was just talking to his disciples. As a matter of fact, if you read it in context, you come to learn this, that Jesus was using this parable as a training tool for his disciples. Yeah. In other words, Jesus was telling them parables so that they could think and get the point from it. And, and, and that was a training experience for them. And you'd have to read it. Read, go back, read uh, Matthew chapter 13, and you start hearing of uh, the discussion he had. He's with his disciples, and, and they ask him, can you explain to us the parable you just told? And he tells them the explanation, but then he, then he starts throwing these short little parables at them. And afterwards, he says, did you, did you understand what I just said? And they're like, yes, because this was training for them. Now, let's follow that vein. If Jesus was trying to train his disciples to be able to decipher or analyze parables, what, what was Jesus trying to get them to decipher from these parables? Well, let, let's look at it. Uh, Jesus describes a merchant looking for things that are valuable, right? Who could that be? Well, you could say that that merchant would be God. So here's a story of, of God. He finds a treasure. He finds a pearl of great value. And what does he do? He sells everything that he has in order to get that possession. In other words, he finds this pearl of great value, but then he sells everything he has so that he can have that pearl. All right, if God is the merchant, okay, what is, some, what is the symbolism of saying that he gave everything he had? What was Jesus trying to tell them? What could God possibly have? What could God possibly give that would sum up everything he had? Could you say his life? You know, it might be true, though, that the most valuable thing that a person has or the most, the most important thing that a person values is not their life. It could be that the most important thing that a person values is their child's life. So could God have been telling, could Jesus have been telling them the story about God 
who found something of great value and gave up everything he had, the most valuable thing that he had, which was either his life or his child's life, so that he could have it? If that's the case, then if the merchant is a symbol for God and this price that he paid was everything, either his life or his child's life, then who's the pearl? Who's the treasure? It's you. When Jesus was telling the disciples the story, he wanted them to mentally work through these steps. But you see, they might not have fully done that at that moment because, you know, these things take time. But I want you to imagine being a disciple of Jesus. Imagine sometime later, you're actually doing what God wanted you to do. Jesus wanted you to understand the parable. Okay, well, let me let me work through this. Now, you're okay, you're, you're a disciple of Jesus. Now, you pick whoever you want to be. You could be Peter, James, John. You could be whoever, whoever. Don't be Judas. That, don't be that guy. But you can be any of the other disciples. You're, you're a disciple, and you're thinking, you know, you're alone. Okay, so he told a story about the pearl and the merchant. Okay, let's say, let's say the merchant is God. All right. The merchant is God, and he found the pearl. He gave everything he had. Well, I know, you know, God gave his life. So God gave his life for this pearl. Well, so who's the pearl a symbol of? It's a symbol of me. It's a symbol for me. What do you think they would have thought the very first time that that thought if I can say it twice like that, what 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 do you think was going through their minds the first time that that truth dawned on them? The first time that they got it, that's like, wait a minute, I am that pearl. <laughs> I am that pearl. He gave everything he had for me. And if you're honest, if you're honest in your heart, you know who you are when nobody is watching, when you're all alone with your thoughts, with yourself, you know who you are, and you compare yourself to a holy, wonderful, loving God, and you say, well, wait a minute, I'm not a valuable pearl. I'm not worth all that effort. I'm not worth the expenditure of the life of God. Well... <laughs> Your value is not based on what you think about yourself. Your value is based on what people who love you think about you. Did you know that? God thought the world of you, and that's why he gave everything he had, so that he could have that connection and relationship with you. Oh, wow. What an, what an amazing truth. What an amazing story. You see, when you get it, when you get it that you are the subject of this parable, this this training tool that Jesus used on his disciples. This, this, this was a story on training wheels for them to get it, to understand it. But when you realize that it's about, uh, I'm not worthy, but this story is about me. This merchant in search of fine pearls, this, this, this merchant who found this treasure and he sells everything he has so that he can have it. I am that treasure. God been looking for me. You see, you, you know what happens when you realize he's, this isn't just about the world. This is about you individually. When you get it, then you can say this with conviction. Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. 
at least, at least that's the way that he makes me feel. Oh, I know my life isn't always the way I want it to be. It's not always good by my definition. But you know what is good? It's having my best friend Jesus walk with me through the good times and the difficult times, through the fat times and the lean times. God's better than 10 million fathers. I'm so thankful for that. Whether I believe it or not, whether I would say so or not, in God's eyes, I am that pearl of great price. Whether you believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, it doesn't matter. The Bible says you are a pearl of great price. And Jesus and God, the Father, God, the Son, God, they gave everything so that they could have you. <laughs> you should thank him for it. You should be stupid happy about it. Jesus knows everything about you and loves you anyways. This is amazing. Whew. That's my take. And that is inspiration to go. <laughs>